Father, we just love you in this house. We thank you because you are a good, good Father. I thank you that we're reminded of that constantly, that you just show us glimpses of your beauty. Father, even on days like today, Father, that are quite, quite fresh, but as we look out, the sun's shining. It's just, Lord, a reminder to us of how beautiful you are. Lord, even yesterday we were having a discussion during a working bee. Lord, as, as we cut down a tree and lots of those ugly little spiders came out, Lord, there were just magpies that came along and ate. And, the, and someone made the point that isn't it great the way the Bible just says that when it comes to the birds of the air, they don't have to worry about their life. You just take care of them. Father, I pray that we would be a people that acknowledge the fact that you just take care of us. And if we look, God, not so much hard enough, but if we look slow enough that we will see you in everything all of the time. So, Father, I just pray that you would have your way today. Have it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I, I was reminded of a really nice, lovely truth, really, just the other day in one of my devotionals that I was reading. And so, some of the thoughts that I want to share and try to unpack this morning come from that. And so, in 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 16, the two, two verses, 16 and 17, reads, So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Now, it's not the typical part of that verse that I was attracted to. It wasn't the, the common theme that jumps out that was flashing in bright neon lights. But rather it was, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. You know, what, what, what does it actually mean to regard no one from a worldly point of view? And, and I think it means, and the beauty of having a microphone is I can share with you lots of things that I think. And so I, I think it means that we, we don't think of someone from the world's point of view, but rather and instead from Christ's point of view. Is that fair? Fair to, to duck to deduct that from that. So now we look at people, all people, because it says regard no one. It doesn't say regard the Christian or regard the unbeliever. It says regard no one. In other words, all of humanity, regard no one. So now we look at all people and we look at them through Jesus' eyes. Fair? So I, I want to give you an example, if I can, of what that looks like. And I'm going, to, I'm going to pinch it from a movie because it was so well done, yeah? So for those of us and for those that have read or have been to watch The Shack, you know, it's recent, it's in my mind, it's in there with other movies that I can't share because it's not appropriate, you know, uh, but this one's appropriate for church, you know. Um, but in the movie The Shack, there, there's a, a part of the movie where the main character, Mac, he's angry at God and he's angry at the perpetrator that stole his daughter and killed her, yeah? Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry if you haven't read the book, haven't seen the movie. But that sort of just bases a foundation. So he's angry at this man who did that, yeah? And while he's walking with God, God says to him, listen, Mac, I need you, I want you, I'm encouraging you, forgive him. 
You need to let it go. And he says, I can't forgive him. I want him to hurt like he hurt me. And Father God says, listen, in your forgiveness, it's not that you're going to be buddy-buddy chum-chums. It's that you're, you're letting go of his neck. You need to let go of this, this anger. You need to do it. And, and Mac himself goes, I, I can't. I want him to hurt. He needs to suffer. He needs to go through something. How can you ask me to forgive him after what he's done? He needs to be punished, yeah? God's answer in, in the movie was just so perfect, yeah? See, in the movie, God says, Mac, there is always a consequence for your action. There is always a consequence in what you do. But he is still my son that I want to redeem. Yeah? So even though it was probably justified the way that Mac felt, and the reality is in real life, some of us have been through stuff that, hey, there's a consequence with what we've done. God is not a judge that condemns us. He's a God that loves us. And unfortunately, when we don't live according to the stuff that he has in play, there's a consequence, yeah? So looking through Jesus' eyes means that when we look at that person, we understand that they've done something wrong or lived wrong. We understand there's a consequence with what's happened, what they've done, how they're living. But our heart is to see them redeemed, not judged. Yeah, does that make sense? Is that okay? So we need to see through God's point of view, not a worldly point of view. We need to see through God's eyes. Now, that passage of Scripture goes on and says that we're in Christ. Well, what are we in Christ? We're new creations. Yeah? Really simple. We're new creations. We have a brand spanking new identity that is connected and rooted in Jesus. Yeah? Now... It also goes on, goes on to say that the old is gone. So what's gone? Some versions of the Bible say the old has passed away. Well, what's passed away? It's our identity before we had this new identity that's now rooted in Christ. It was the identity that we had when we were apart from God. Yeah. It was the old us. It was how we used to be. Now, where we get conflicted and confused sometimes is we come to Christ and we still have some of these old habits. Yeah, the way that we act, react, speak. But we're a new creation. Yeah, the old has gone. It's gone. The old has passed away. We're brand spanking new. Now, I think most of us know that, yeah? I think most of us accept that we're new creations. If anyone is in Christ, this is really important. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. See, people come to the Lord... They come to the knowledge of Jesus. And yet we, who've been walking longer, who are more mature, we can look at them 
and we seem to look at them through a world's point of view rather than Jesus' point of view. They aren't living right. They aren't speaking right. They're not being Christians right. Their hearts aren't right. And we make these on-the-spot judgments looking through the lens of the world. Because how often have you heard comments like, do they know what they're doing is wrong? Or, you can't speak like that, you're a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Anyone ever heard those comments? Was it just me? Maybe because I make them. Yeah? Or used to. Sometimes probably still guilty of. Yeah? We look and speak through a worldview that sounds nothing like God. Nothing like God, yeah? See, the scripture above tells us plainly, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. So from now on, from the moment that we're born again, from the moment that we're made alive in Christ, from the moment that we said yes to Jesus, from that time that we knew that we're now believers in him, from that point, regard no one with a worldly point of view. Start looking through Jesus' eyes. So the truth is that these people, and I'm speaking generally, yeah, I'm speaking generally, so it might not be you. It solely might be for me and Mel. I just wanted to feel better. (laughs) That these people that we can make judgments on are people just like us, people like you and me, people within the same four walls, yeah, of community. We make judgments on them, they make judgments on us. But we're not as some people judge us. You ever felt that? I'm not what that that person thinks of me. Yeah? Anyone ever felt that? No? You just, they always think you're a superhero. We're not what some people may judge us or them to be. We're not. But rather, we are now a new creation. There's anyone, that means everyone, anyone who is in Christ. But have you seen that bloke down the road? He said yes to Jesus. He goes to church, he prays, and if you spent time with him, you would obviously acknowledge that he's a Christian. He's always out there getting drunk. There's no way that he's a Christian. Oh, whose eyes are we looking through? There's a consequence to his actions. But Father's heart is always to redeem. Yeah? Father's heart is always to love. The reality is that you and I have been transformed. Yeah? That's why it says in Romans 12 too, don't conform, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Don't be like the world, those that don't know Jesus. That's what it's saying. Don't do things the way they do do things. Don't judge the way they judge things. In fact, regard no one from a worldly point of view. Yeah? Don't think of someone from the world's point of view. Instead, you who are transformed, 
Think of others from Jesus' point of view. Don't conform to the world, yeah? So, but how can we do this? How can we achieve this? Because it can be really hard because if we're all going to be honest, we have had moments, yeah, where we've, you know, pointed a finger or three, yeah? If we're going to be totally honest. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because I'll be the only one here with my hand up, but I know that if we were to be totally honest, most of us have made that type of judgment call on people's lives, yeah? The answer on how we can actually look through Jesus' eyes sits in that passage of Scripture, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the word transformed here, it's the Greek word metamorpho, yeah? Metamorpho, and it means transformed, transfigured, changed in form, changed in form, yeah? So we're transformed, and to stay transformed, keep renewing your mind, yeah? The renewing your mind doesn't transform you. You are already transformed, yeah? The creation revelation. You're already brand new creatures. But to remain in that transformation, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's saying now start to live in it. Grab hold of it. Take ownership of it, yeah? See, as I was reading, reading that, that passage of Scripture and also that devotional, I felt like Father God just kept speaking to my heart because there's a couple of things that are at play that we need to be aware of. And this is where I'm trying to have a conversation in, in explaining it and hopefully sharing it the way that I feel that Papa shared with me. See, the, the word metamorpho is where we get the word metamorphosis from. That's cool, yeah? We, we're okay with that, I would imagine. Because most of you were thinking, wow, that sounds like metamorphosis. Now, Paul uses that word twice, yeah? He uses that word metamorpho twice. So the first is in Romans 12.2, that 12.2 passage, where transformed, we are metamorpho, we are changed in form, yeah? Now, that happened at salvation. You've got to understand, that transformation happened at salvation. You are a new creation, amen, full stop. It happened at our new birth. That whole passage is an identity issue because it's saying the old you is gone, but there's now a new you that's rooted and attached to Christ. You have a brand new identity. You have been transformed. You have been changed in form, yeah? So why do we have to renew our minds? It's really simple. Because when we renew our minds, it actually helps us to know and understand who we are and what we are now. Does that make any sense? Yeah. If you listen to my son, he tells himself and our family every day that he's the best footballer in Ballarat. Like he tells himself. And you know what? It doesn't matter the type of game that he has. Even if he has an average game, he believes he's the best footballer in Ballarat. He has renewed his mind over and over and over again that he believes that as a truth. See, we're not telling ourselves a lie. We have been transformed. We are a new creation. Our citizenship's not in this world, yeah? We're ambassadors of heaven. His children seated in heavenly places. So we have been transformed. We have been changed in form. We just need to renew our minds to get on the same page. Yeah? 
So now renew your mind, own it, know it, repeat it to yourself, be transformed by it, be changed in form, live like Christ, love like Him, look like Him, see through His point of view, not the world's point of view, and stop judging those around you, this is for me, yeah, like the world would, and start looking at people like God would. See, too often as Christians, I believe, we, we, we use God's desire. God has desires for us. Is that fair? Has a plan and a purpose for us. Plan to prosper. It's not for evil, yeah? And so we know the goodness that God has for us. And when we see that people aren't living in that goodness, we pass judgment on them. But we do it using human tools because we're looking and saying, hey, you're not where you should be. You should be living like this or like that or loving this way or that way. You're not there. What's going on? What's wrong with you? Because we seem to be making a call from a human perspective. And I want to unpack that if I can, yeah? When I came to the Lord, I was visiting a church that my best friend, I've shared this before, had invited me to, and I didn't want to be there. Like, I didn't want to be there. I was Catholic. I was an altar boy. I was a brilliant altar boy. I even went and did altar boy duties on a Saturday night and then on a Sunday morning because I just thought I was eating a bit. If I got to ring those bells in Catholic church, that was just the pinnacle of success. Yeah, that was awesome. I got the ding a ding a ding ding Oh, awesome. And I used to, I used to, like, I'd be cheeky. I would sometimes, because you could turn it that way, and I would sometimes ring him a bit longer, and the priest would just be looking, you know? Like, no one's ever done that. It's just me, okay? I know, it's just me. I would never tell my son that, because it will just give him, you know, he'd be allowed to do anything he wanted already. But I was okay. I, I was brought up Catholic. I knew of God, yeah? I went to Catholic school. I did all of that. And here I was in a church that I didn't want to be at, that I was invited by one of my best friends. And I sat, for all of you that are sitting down the back, I apologise right now. I walked in, picked a back chair. I didn't want to be anywhere in this place. I sat down the back and I had my arms folded like this. I had a girl that came up on the chair in front, so leaning against, she had her knees on the chair, leaning at me, and she goes, you must be Dominic's friend. Hi, I'm Karen. She puts her hand out, and I'm not exaggerating. I looked at her, I used the F-bomb, and I asked her to take a flying fox. Yeah? I didn't want to be there. Flat out serious. I did not want to be there. I was Catholic. I came for my mate, but leave me alone. Stop being nice and hospitable. She obviously was on the hospitality team, or she was on greeting at the front door, but get out of my face now. You know, like... And then the minister, eventually after all the music, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, have a look at these sheep. They're raising their hands. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm even here. Will you look at these people? If they were Catholics, they would know better. Now, nothing against the Catholic Church because what you have to understand about the Catholic Church is that there's some things that we actually entertain in our Christian lives today that are only because the Catholic Church brought it through the years, yeah? 
And there are some wonderful men and women of God in the Catholic Church. I'm just talking about my experience. Let's make that clear. Um, anyway, so he, the preacher starts speaking. You know, they had all sorts of stuff happening that I thought was quite strange. Um, just like some people come in here think, sometimes think stuff's happening is quite strange. And as the preacher spoke, the more he spoke, the more upset I got, particularly with Dominic. It's like, what did he do? Did he tell him my whole life? Like, why don't you just tell the whole church that you're speaking to me down the back? Like, anyone had one of those experiences with God? Yeah? It's like, I can't believe it! Like, this is so bad. I am going to smash the life out of me when I get outside. Because I was not a Christian then, I could speak that way. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of the message, yeah, I, I had this tug of war going and I found myself in a church that I didn't want to be at, at people that I'd already offended, walking up the front to the altar call to ask Jesus in my life, sobbing like a baby. Now, I want to share this because this is what I need you to catch. Yeah, I was right with God as far as I was concerned. I had known him. I had been through my communion and confirmation rituals. I had done all of that. I was okay. I was going to heaven. I'm a Catholic. You're Baptist. Sorry, son. You know, like, I was okay. It didn't matter. But what I realised that when I was at the front crying was that I claimed to know a God, yeah? I claimed to know him. I'm Catholic. I'm okay. And what the reality that dawned on me was this is God that paid this exorbitant price to have a relationship with me. And I had never given him the time of day. I had never stopped to talk to him. I had never stopped to have a conversation with him. He did it all just for me. His son Jesus died for me. And it was the reality of that price that he paid for me so we could be in relationship together that had me bawling my eyes out at the front of that church. Now, it was the reality, this is what I want you to catch, it was the reality of his love for me that had me home, that had me bawling, that had me saying, hey, I'm yours, yeah? The reality of his love for me, this is where I want to mess with your heads. Not the truth, not the truth that I was living in sin. Not the truth that I was living in sin. As I walked with him and as I continue to walk with him over these last 26 years, he deals with my sin, sin in nature, the stuff that separates me from him. He continued as, continues to deal with things in my life. He's been dealing, cleaning, removing that stuff ever since, yeah? I'm no longer a sinner. I'm sorry, I'm not. You're not. You're no longer sinners. You were, we were, but when he died on that cross, he gave us a brand new identity and we're a new creation, yeah? The old has gone. 
The old has passed away. Yes, we still have some, some habits that he's dealing with. Yeah? Was I a sinner? Yes. Did he need to deal with my sin? Yes. But it was not that that brought me home. It was his love and the reality of his love for me. Mac, you need to forgive that man. No, I want him to hurt. He needs to be punished. No, act goes without a consequence. But he's still my son and I want to redeem him. We need to look through God's point of view, God's eyes, not the world's eyes, not the worldly point of view, judging the way the world would judge because he does things different. I'm now his son. So as Christians, we've got to stop. There is life coming, yeah? We've got to stop condemning people with our words because of how it seems they're living. There's so much stuff all over the internet. I don't even make comments anymore. So people want to tell people how they should be living. But stop condemning your brother and sisters because all of us, everyone in Christ is a new creation. Yeah? Not a half a creation. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. So are you telling God, am I telling God that what he's created is half-baked? Your cookie's not ready, man. There's still soft dough on the inside. God, you haven't got it right yet. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. So let me walk this out with you. See, we're not capable of looking and knowing everything at a glance. We're just not, yeah? This is why it's so important to understand that our first glory was at our salvation. But what comes next? See, we make these snap calls and snap judgments without having all the info. What do I mean? It's easy. You and I, all of us, all of the Christian world, we all have stuff that we go through. We all agreed to that earlier, yeah? I set you up for that. So we could get to this point now. You see, the second time that Paul uses the word metamorpho is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So here's the word transform again, metamorpho. Now what is it that's transforming us? What is it that's changing our form? It's not our salvation. It's not our you know, born again experience. It, it, it's not that. It's not our creation revelation. It's not our new identity. That was one transformation. Yeah? That was one transformation that now through the Holy Spirit, God lives within us. Yeah? The second one, though, is different. The second one is different. This time, the transformation happens when we behold. When we look into his eyes, when we stare in the mirror, when we look through his point of view at him. Not the world's view, not the way the world sees him, but the way we see him in the revelation that we are a new creation. Yeah? As we gaze on Papa and who he is through his eyes, because we're a new creation, something happens. And it can't happen 
if you don't know your true identity. It cannot happen if you don't realize that you're a new creation now. It can't happen. Because we go from a level of glory to the next. It starts with glory. If you don't know that you're living in it, that it's in you, then you can't move to the next place. Because it happens as we behold him. It happens when you're in worship and you're singing and you just know that he's present and there. It happens when you're so enamored with God, time doesn't matter. You're just gazing into his face. And as we behold, we become, as we behold, we're transformed, as we behold, we're changed in form, as we behold, we experience metamorphosis. And we grow in glory, from glory to glory. It starts in glory. The reason the scripture says we go from glory to glory is because his glory is in us. His glory is in us. He is in us. What does it say in Psalm 24:10? Who is he? This king of who lives in us? The king of glory. So when the scripture says we go from glory to glory, it's because we've received glory. When we said yes to him and we were transformed, made brand new, we have glory in us. And now when we start to live in that place by renewing our mind, keeping that transformation alive, and we look in and gaze at him, something new starts to happen each, in, in each and every one of us. And, and this is why it, it gets really exciting. Because when we're going through a change and when we're being transformed, the, the best way to explain it is, is like this. The word metamorphosis, Yeah? I put it out there, metamorphosis comes from the word metamorpho, which it does, yeah? And so let, let's see if we can grab this, because this will make us as a family stronger. We're changed into new creatures through faith in Christ. That's correct. Now watch this. Butterflies are beautiful creatures, aren't they? They're really lovely. Some of them have got beautiful wings. And when you grow out of those, you know, schoolboy years, you stop ripping the wings off their bodies, yeah? But they're beautiful creatures. They really are. If you actually go, into, go to the zoo, go into a butterfly house, there's just some amazing butterflies that you just, you just sit there and you just gobsmack. They, they are just beautiful creatures. But before any butterfly can be a magnificent creature, it has to first start life as a caterpillar, doesn't it? Now, I know there are some that will beg to differ, but caterpillars are pretty ugly, just quietly. And some are more ugly than others. And I know some will say, no, they're God's creation. They're beautiful. No, Huntsman Spider's beautiful. No. And God created that too. <laughs> but it, it starts off as a caterpillar and it's not very attractive. You and I, before we knew Christ, yeah, weren't very attractive inside. But then because we said yes to him, we went through a transformation. We went through a metamorphosis. The king of glory comes and lives within us. We're now brand new, a brand new creation. But this is why you and I have to understand this. And this is why we have to look through God's eyes. Because we need to be able to put ourselves in other people's shoes. Yeah? And we need to understand what other people are going through. While they put us in their shoes. Yeah? Because to go from glory to glory, we've got to go through another metamorphosis, 
another, another metamorpho, yeah? See, we get transformed, I said earlier, on our journey. It never just ends. It just, it's not done. It constantly, yeah? We're being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, yeah? So when that starts to happen for you and for me, does it happen on the outside of you? Of course not. Happens where? On the inside. Your metamorphosis, your transformation happens on the inside. Yeah? In your heart that can't be seen, that no man can judge. And the thing is, when we're going through that metamorphy, when we're going from that level of glory and all of a sudden we're moving to the next, those around us don't know. You've got to understand, they don't know. I don't know. Doesn't he know what I'm going through? No. Sorry. I took out my ball and I had a look, but nothing there. Yeah. I can't see it. I don't know it. You don't know it. But those around, of, around us are going through a, a metamorphosis, a transformation. They're being changed in form. See, Jesus, through his spirit, grabs stuff in our lives one, one part at a time. And he wraps it like in a cocoon. Now, we can't see inside that cocoon, let alone I, I can't see inside your heart. But you've got an, an anger issue. He, when the time's right, he grabs it, he wraps it in a cocoon, and it starts going through a metamorphosis. And we see those people that are going through that particular transformation. But look at them. Look how angry they look. Look at it. Just, it's brooding. It's like an evil spirit on them. What's wrong with them? And they call themselves Christians. But deep down inside, God's doing this transformational work that we can't see. Yeah? We can't see inside a cocoon, you know, unless you've got some special lighting and x-ray machine. But we can't see inside a cocoon to, to what's happening when the, the, the ugly caterpillar is becoming a butterfly. We can't see what's happening in the hearts of those around us when God's transforming them to the next level of glory. And, and the exciting part is that when he's finished with that, then he's going to find something else. It's like, wow, they were really good, but now why are they like that? Well, you don't know what God's putting them through. And you don't know how long that transformation's going to take. It's not revelation today, gone tomorrow. It could take months and it can take years. And all we have to do is look through his eyes. He's my son and I still want to redeem him. We just have to love on people. Not judge them, yeah? Because the reality is, the same eyes that we look out with, people are going to look back on us. And so when you're going through your metamorphosis, your transformation, when God's taking you from one level of glory to the next, where your life's going to blow people away, there are others that can't see what you're going through, that don't understand what you've been through. Because they don't have an x-ray machine into your heart to see the transformation that God's doing in you. 
See, we are a people that are being made into his image and his likeness with ever-increasing glory because image and glory are the same. When we go from one level of glory to the next, we are more in the image of Christ. When we are more in the image of Christ, we are experiencing a new level of glory. If only we could see and look through Jesus' point of view, yeah? In the middle of your transformation, Graham Cook would say, you're going through and being upgraded. But you do any upgrade on any vehicle and the old stuff comes off, it gets thrown away, it's in the workshop, there's machines happening, stuff being welded, it's going through an upgrade. When people are going through an upgrade, we don't see it. It's on the inside, like in a cocoon. But God spoke so beautifully this morning in our, our worship. We can get lost in the transformation. See, in the transformation, we experience stuff. God's doing a work in us. There's stuff that's happening that we don't get, yeah? And we just think, how long is this season going to last? We don't even realize, we miss the point that he's transforming us more into his likeness. We just know that we're in this thing and we feel like we've been here forever. But we sang a song that said his love will always find us. So even when you're going through your stuff that you don't understand and you're wondering why I feel like I've been here for years, God's there with you. We sang the words, the hope inside us. Where does the transformation happen? In our hearts, inside of us. He's right there with us. With a love that always finds us even when we're losing ourselves. We just need to realize what God's doing in us. Because when we understand what he's doing in us and the work that he's doing in us, then when we look to others, we look through different eyes. We look through God's eyes, not worldly eyes. Not saying, come on, you should be better than this. He's giving, you're a new creation. I'm already passing judgment by trying to speak scripture, yeah? It should be like, dude, love you. God loves you. Let's walk this through together, yeah? But we have these checklists because of church life everywhere that says what's acceptable and not acceptable. God's got laws and rules and stuff that will take care of itself. No action is without consequence. But he's still my son that I want to redeem, yeah? Why don't we just stand as we close? Because I want to bring hope. I want you to understand where you're at and what you're going through. I want you to understand what others are going through. Because it will make us better people in the family. Ollie, are you going to play the keys or bend guitar, whatever? Whatever works. But can you play the tune that you know that love will always find us? And... So, is that all right? Seeing that God spoke to me about that. I want to ask you, I want to speak directly to your hearts at the moment. So I'm going to ask you, those that are comfortable with, to close your eyes. Look down if you have to. So it makes me believe that you've closed your eyes. makes me feel better. (laughs) Or look up like that. But I want to say this. To you that's going through something, to you that's going through stuff, 
and you feel like you've been going through it forever. You feel like you haven't been able to shake it. You feel like you're stuck there. You know you're a Christian. You read the Word. Bible tells you that you're a new creation. But you hear people talk about the abundant life, but you don't seem to experience it yourself. God wants you to know that you're normal. Yeah? You are exactly where you need to be for Him to transform you. For Him to allow the metamorphosis to happen. For Him to allow the change in form to happen in you. So His love knows where you're at and it will always find you. Because at the moment that you said yes to Jesus, the King of glory came in. And now He just wants you to experience the next level of glory. It may have been a long season, but that's okay. Because the outworking of that and what you're going to experience is far going to outweigh that process. You are loved by Papa. You are loved by Father God. And I don't know who this is for, and I wrote this this morning, running out the door. I know you're tired. I know you, God knows that you're tired. But hang in there. There is a metamorphosis, a transformation that is happening in your life. You've missed it, you haven't realized it, but hang in there. And it's going to take you from that first level of glory to the next. Because he's making you more and more and more like his son, Jesus. I want to pray for a couple of things this morning. And I'm going to invite people to come to the front. There may be some of you that have never actually invited Jesus into your heart. You've been convicted of sin or whatever it might be, but you've never had a moment where his love for you has been so very real. And so I'm just going to invite you. If that's you in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come to the front and just to commit or recommit your lives to Christ so that you can live in the love that he has for you, so that you can understand through his eyes what others are going through, so it will make sense of the season that you're in. Amen? And some of us, some of us have been really quick to pass judgments on others, sometimes just in our own thoughts, because we haven't known, we couldn't see we didn't realize that they were going through a transformation. And so some of us have even spoken words that have hurt people. So we didn't realize that God was in there doing a work. I want to pray for those people. I want to pray for us like that as well. And then finally, I want to pray for those that that want to walk through that journey of transformation.
that want to step into that cocoon that God has for us to allow areas of our lives to be transformed. But I share this with you, yeah, as a warning. You have a level of glory and God desires you to go to the next. But sometimes that transformation is really hard. The stuff that's happening, stuff that God has to get out, that he has to talk to you about, that he has to rip out so that new stuff can remain. And sometimes it hurts. And sometimes it can go for longer than what you'd had actually anticipated. But the end word brings such glory to his life and to yours. I share that warning to say, don't allow it to stop you. Step into all that God has for you. Because he wants you to transform you more into the image of Christ with ever-increasing glory. Amen.